reading today is by Reverend Pippin. My body is host to multitudes, and some are untidy tenants. The body stores everything it can. Everything possible is assimilated into cells and behaviors. The broccoli, the icing, the workout, the laughter, the hate speech. If you pay attention, you notice the spinach in your muscles. If you sit attentively, you recognize your lovers, your haters, your multitudes in your heart. I'll share some of mine, my multitudes, for fun. Right smack in the middle of my eyebrows, that is where the whines live. All of them, including the, I'm so hungry, I'm starving, and the, I hate homework, and the, you lied. It's crowded in there. Oh, and it lives flat and solid under my right shoulder blade. It is the unwanted way that stranger in the business meeting said I looked pretty the first time I joined the meeting. Ugh. <clears throat> the left shoulder blade, yes, I know I hold tension in my shoulders, is chock full of all the deniers, the ones who assure me that they are not part of the racist, sexist, heterosexist, classist, nationalist, systems of violence and oppression. Pshaw. The heart space is the most troubling because all my hopes and frailties, courageous boldness, and regrettable blunders live there. It is so crowded at times, nothing moves. Then I loosen the heart and allow the multitudes. No one is leaving. More will move in. There is still room in this heart and in this body to hold them. May I hold them with ease. May you hold yours with ease. Because you may process out the tension or the trauma or the excitement, but the building blocks of all your multitudes, they are still part of your body story. Hosts to multitudes, our bodies. May your bodies hold all that is you with loving kindness. May we all be whole our whole bodies. Bodies that hold matter, which we sometimes measure in pounds or inches or BMIs, but these are not adequate ways to measure a body. And sometimes we measure a body in experience. We think of strength, memories, and knowledge. But the body teaches us more than strength and history and facts. I have to remind myself 
from time to time to stop and listen to my body. You see, I have to acknowledge what it is holding on to and what it is bearing. Like anyone, I can get lost in my rational mind, my plans, all the things that seem like the right thing to do. The plans and activities my rational brain comes up with are well and good, I assure you. I'm not just going off half-baked. But what gets overlooked when that is the dominant focus of my attention? What gets overlooked? A couple of Sundays ago, my rational brain brought you a homily. And I think it did a fine job. At least, I think it made sense. It fit with the Samhain service. It was well and good to bring up the example I brought up of Michael Servetus, who died 466 years ago, exactly to the day on October 27, 1553, for religious persecution. It was important to talk about Michael Servetus. It made rational sense to remind us of what that means to our faith, why we call him a faith ancestor, even though he was a Trinitarian, albeit an unorthodox one. It made sense to remind us that we are a faith that relies on reason to tell us what to think and what to do. And yet, what was I overlooking? I realized that my body was holding on to an unacknowledged sorrow from only one year before, October 27, 2018. On that day, Joyce Feinberg, a friend of mine, and 10 others were killed in a synagogue shooting in Pittsburgh, October 27th, murdered by a white nationalist acting out hate-filled anti-Semitic beliefs. Now, I hadn't had contact with Joyce in 17 years, but I will always appreciate her warmth and bright presence, her gentle and direct manner, and her unreasonable but kind faith in me. Her death rightfully still makes me sad and outraged. What happens when we push past, push past and push down our dear memories so that we can do what makes sense, what is more productive? What happens when we ignore our health so we can get more done? Perhaps at first, at first, nothing happens. But the body doesn't get well because we pushed past it to get more done. The heart doesn't heal because we thought only happy thoughts. Our bodies, our hearts need time and support to heal. Now, perhaps the idea of giving attention to your complaining body may seem like too much. Perhaps you need a break from the aching, the pain, the constant attention to discomfort. I acknowledge that. But the point is, our bodies, whether they are screaming at us or working away diligently, our bodies carry burdens of life, whether we acknowledge them or not. 
and they deserve to be acknowledged. They deserve some acknowledgement. This is in part why we read the names of our loved ones memorialized here, not only to honor them, not only to keep their memories from softening too fast, but to honor our love for them, a love that is felt in the body, felt so deeply as sadness and longing, to pay ourselves some loving attention, because we deserve it. I want to invite you to repeat four phrases after me. And after I speak each phrase, take your time in repeating. May I be filled with loving kindness. May I be well. May I be peaceful and at ease. May I be whole. Thank you. Our bodies carry the burdens through life and they are unevenly shared among us, unfairly shared among us. Some of us have weathered far more tender loss and tragedy than others, and there is no rhyme or reason for it. Some of us have weathered far more tender loss and tragedy than others, and there are reasons of injustice for it. These burdens are uneven, and we are called to support one another, to support one another for the random tragedy and heartbreak. And we are called to be in solidarity with one another for the random and not-so-random injustice that leads to tragedy and heartbreak. These burdens among us in this room, in this region, in this country, now and stretching as far as we can possibly remember. Insults and injuries are borne more by some groups than others. Whether it's differences of appearance or identity or ability or ethnicity, some people suffer more bias and hate crime. Like my friend Joyce from Pittsburgh, like people of Jewish, African-American, Central American, South American, Middle Eastern descent, you name it, there's more. Our burdens can be unjust. And beyond the violent behavior of people and groups motivated by hate, the very structure of the societies give unfair burdens, even in systems as basic as healthcare. In the book Pathologies of Power, the physician and scholar Paul Farmer explores the health burden of bodies around the world. He spent a lot of time in Haiti, but looking at all the countries, he found that people in economically marginalized countries suffer greatly from an overwhelming amount of easily treatable, preventable, and curable diseases, yet they're left untreated. These are illnesses, he said, are well within the budgets of nations and international aid. So why are they untreated? 
because, he concludes, across all the health agencies in all the countries, there are certain bodies that are not valued the same way his affluent and white and male body is. Different systems, all discriminating. Fundamentally, he's decided the medical system is made to treat the wealthy, politically powerful body. He asks this, don't all bodies deserve care and attention? If that is true, then why on earth have we devised a global health system to discriminate so consistently? I want to invite you to pause and repeat the meditation with me, but this time to use the word you in place of I. You may think of a group that is part of your identity, or perhaps not, but a group that receives this unfair burden, whether it is physical burden, health, fear, hate. Perhaps you will think of the people in Haiti, the people in synagogues, afraid, people who are transgender or with black and brown skin, indigenous peoples, those without homes. I invite you to think of that you and repeat again after me. May you be filled with loving kindness. May you be well. May you be peaceful and at ease. May you be whole. As we think of unfair burdens or pain that a friend experiences, whether it's near to us or far, it has its own burden in our hearts, its own impact. Now, to be clear, this secondary burden is not in the same universe as the person who is directly experiencing the suffering, and yet it has a burden in our body nonetheless. Some professions get this a lot. They call it something called compassion fatigue. You may have heard of it. But we are all susceptible to compassion fatigue. All you need to do is read the news. There's plenty to get your ire, your compassion, your heartbreak, or talk to your neighbors. We can experience overwhelm. We can become heartsick. When I learned that children are still separated from their parents, stored in shelters, mistreated, I get sick to my stomach. It's a burden. We are susceptible to a knee-jerk reaction of pushing back, shutting down. It can be too much to carry. But I think of Farmer, Paul Farmer, the doctor, and sometimes he said, no matter how uncomfortable, we must sit by the bedside of those who are hurting. We must simply be present. We must simply take our attention and give it to the hurt. Our presence, our witness, is a small an incredibly important act. We all have bodies carrying complex histories, 
our own support, our own suffering, our good experiences, and our own traumas. In a way, we are all broken. Yet it is how we come together through this pain that makes us beautiful. One of my professors at Meadville Lombard Theological School, the Reverend Leslie Takahashi, she taught us about an ancient Japanese practice called kintsugi. It involves taking a beautiful bowl of pottery, gently wrapping it in a cloth, and smashing it with a hammer. And then, over the course of weeks, weeks, finding the places, the edges, the broken pieces fit together, gluing them painstakingly, and filling the cracks and the holes with gold. It is a metaphor, an art that symbolizes healing. It symbolizes how life puts pressure on us and even breaks us. But our broken pieces can be filled with light, and they have beauty. This is a metaphor of our healing. Rather than turning away from the brokenness in the world and in our lives, rather than ignoring our body's pain and loss, rather than giving up on our brokenness, we can sit patiently with it. Witness what is broken and hurt. Seek connection and tenderly touch those pieces together until they can bind again. To ask for help to hold back together. And eventually, to value our brokenness and our reconnection, filling it with gold. I invite you into the meditation one last time. Only this time with the word we. May we be filled with loving kindness. May we be well. May we be peaceful and at ease. May we be whole. We are all burdened in different ways. Yet we are beautiful in the ways we have found to hold together, broken and whole. We are whole enough to be here. We are whole enough to be beautiful. Let us create space to listen to our bodies, to sit with the hurt, and to be beautiful once again. Amen.